CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Your interlocutor of alpha male pleasure-related topics. And do I ever have a plethora, a massive number of items and topics that I would like to discuss today. Some good, some not so good, some pleasurable, some amusing. But as always, we get together as alpha males, unapologetic for having nads of steel. Unapologetic for enjoying life's great pleasures. Unapologetic for working hard during the week and playing hard in the evenings, weekends, or on our holiday or vacation time. I have moved Command Center Alpha to a classified aerodrome somewhere on the North American shelf, the North American continent, and I will explain why you may hear some noises in the background, but I am loaded, I am fired, I am ready. Much to get to today, and as always, we welcome you front and center. Long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure, long live the alpha, make America great again, screw the enemies of pleasure, and screw the fake news media and the libstream media. I will give you a couple of comments on what President Trump said earlier this week that was totally completely, absolutely taken out of incorrect context, but blatantly done so by the lying, dishonest, libstream media. There's a difference between maybe being confused, but there's a huge difference doing it on purpose. And it boomeranged back against the libstream media. All right, you may hear the sound of APUs in the background, auxiliary power units, or as I like to say, maybe some alpha pleasure units, alpha puffing units. We can come up with various derivations of APU, but APU is a small little jet engine that is on the back of planes that powers up the, uh, powers the electrical systems of an airplane while it is on the ground. You may hear that in the background. As I said, I'm at a classified aerodrome somewhere in the North American continent. And in fact, I maybe will send out a picture. There is a, I can't tell you what the mission is, but there's a KC-135 involved, and I just have to leave it at that. But we will uh, tweet out and we'll send out some pictures of that. So if you hear that in the background, you'll know exactly why. But remember, wherever I am is where Command Center Alpha shall function. We move anywhere across the globe because we spread the good life gospel, not just to one location, but locations around the world. In this society, we must be mobile. We are indeed. Much to get to today. Before I continue, though. We get to some very important pressing news. Some belated birthday greetings. Yesterday, May 18th, two big birthdays. First of all, Cigar Sister Lynn, my sister, a very happy birthday. And born on the exact same day and the exact same age, also a happy birthday to Shanda Lee, the 
VP of Marketing at Gurkha Cigars. In fact, both Cigar Sister Lynn and Shanda will be joining us at the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water Saturday, August 11th in the Buffalo Theater of Operations at Buffalo Riverworks downtown Buffalo. And by the way, if you attended any of our previous Alpha Pleasure Fest the last three years, you received an email right around five minutes ago indicating you have first right to get tickets, to purchase tickets. We were a little bit delayed on a couple of items. We had to lock down a couple of things, which we did over the last few days. And we're giving everyone that attended a previous Pleasure Fest priority to buy tickets. We're limited. We increased the capacity last year. We're going to be at max again this year. We sold it out. Tickets, if you want them, you better buy them early. If you did not attend a previous Pleasure Fest, and I know many people have emailed me and texted me, or, or, or not texted me, but tweeted, when are you going to open up the tickets? We will do so for the rest of the country next Saturday at noon. So for one week, all those of you that have attended previous Pleasure Fest, you get priority, and then we open it up. Whatever tickets are remaining, we will open them up to the public, and I can tell you the number of people that attended the Tampa Pleasure Fest in general, I'm coming to Buffalo, too. I am coming up there. So we expect it shall be sold out, as always, and we're going to make it bigger and better than ever. All right, a big week in the world of cigars. But here's what I want to do. I want to take a short time out because I want to spend the next segment going over it. On Tuesday, I'll give you a quick preview. Tuesday, Dr. Scott Godley, the head, the uh, uh uh, FDA commissioner, oversees the FDA, was on CNBC's Squawk Box, and he was asked a pointed question about premium cigar regulation. We have the audio for you. I will give you a little contrast from what Dr. Gottlieb had to say in August of 2012 in an editorial, an op-ed in the New York Post. Also on Tuesday, the uh, a judge ruled in the cigar industry versus the FDA lawsuit. We'll tell you about that. And then Wednesday... A congressional committee did something very important and relevant for the premium cigar industry. So we've got a lot to get to in terms of legislation and regulation. Why do I spend time on that? I've tried not to spend as much time, but when it involves your right to enjoy a premium cigar at a reasonable price without excessive taxation, without crazy warning labels, then I'm going to spend time on that. And I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm, let me just take a sip of my coffee here. Mm. freshly brewed coffee, the FDA is not done with premium cigars. If you think they're just going to be done with cigars, you got another thing com coming. Because when these zealots, when these zealots at the FDA are done with tobacco, done with cigars, they got to find something else with a big bureaucracy. they got to hire more people. they got to come up with another user fee. Mark my words, it's going to be coffee and caffeine. And when they're done with that, they're coming after our steaks and they're coming after our food. We're already starting to see it. Guaranteed, just a matter of time, because we've got, even with President Trump in office, the bureaucracy is such a huge, uncontrolled behemoth that no matter what president, whether it was Obama, whether it was Bush, Clinton, Truman, now President Trump, it simply can't be controlled. It is like a scourge of cockroaches that just keep multiplying and multiplying and multiplying in rapid succession. Congress can't rein them in. The executive branch can't rein them in. I'm telling you, we almost need to take a nuke. Take one of Kim Jong-un's nukes and just drop it 
right on Washington, D.C., just specific. I mean, I think it was uh, Jimmy Carter. There was, I think you're calling it the neutron bomb, where you could be very targeted. Let's just target it just on the certain bureaucracies that we'd like to eliminate. Because it has gotten to be so ridiculous how these bureaucracies now have overtaken the elected government officials, the representatives, the president, uh, the senators, people that, that in this constitutional republic vote on your behalf. Now you've got bureaucrats that laugh at the elected government officials. They give them the proverbial middle finger and say, screw you guys. We're seeing it in the deep state. We're seeing it at the DOJ. We're seeing it, uh, we saw it at the IRS under President Obama. They don't care. They think that they are reportable to no one except their fellow bureaucrats. Now, of course, I'm kidding about the neutron bomb because I know I'm going to get some people saying, I can't believe, General, you suggested that we nuke Washington, D.C. No, I'm just saying let's strategically nuke just those bureaucrats we want to get rid of. FDA, good place to start. IRS, another good place. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. But I know there's going to be some schmuck that's listening saying, I can't believe he said that. In fact, I got an interesting uh, tweet from a talking about a schmuck, somebody that listened last week that said, I said uh, on the show when I talked about the former New York State Attorney General Eric Schneiderman, that I suggested that Schneiderman should hang himself. No, what I said was, it wouldn't surprise me if we read one day that Schneiderman was found hung in his apartment because basically he's toast. His career is done. The guy is finished. And he doesn't have the kind of wealth that Elliot Spitzer did when he was basically defrocked in New York State. And that nobody's going to come to Eric Schneiderman's rescue, not especially after he would make a public spectacle going after people, using the power of his office, abusing the power of his office, trying cases in the media, not in the courtroom, that nobody will touch him. Not any law firm, not any political uh, party, nobody's going to touch him. And it wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden we see one day we read a story like that, that he had whacked himself. And so what I said was, wouldn't surprise me, and I wouldn't care. There's a big difference by saying the guy should go hang himself. Now, who am I to get in somebody's way? If he feels that way, I don't want to get in the way of his happiness. So in any event, to those of you schmucks that, uh, that take my meaning of anything I say the wrong way, go screw yourselves. The May selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is the Placencia Cosecha 146. This stick is a medium-bodied, full-flavored cigar with a complex and sweet taste profile. It's made from tobacco from Placencia's 146th harvest from Honduras and Nicaragua. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
to Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, everything associated with the alpha male good life. So go download the Cigar Dave mobile app today, presented by Diamond Crown. And you can listen to the show live noon to 2 Eastern time, anywhere around the world. And as soon as the show is done, we run a continuous loop. The show is also available on demand. Also our Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and the ability for you to record a message and send it directly to us. So go right now. If you've got an Android, an iPhone, or the Amazon Kindle, Go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of a Cigar Dave show with the Cigar Dave mobile app. This is a Cigar Dave's News Bulletin. All right, very interesting and big week in the world of cigars. And I'm going to take it chronologically. On Tuesday morning, FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb appeared on CNBC's Squawk Box with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin, noted lib and writer for the New York Slime. Talked about cigars. So we will get to that. And then on Tuesday afternoon, a Washington, D.C. judge ruled in the lawsuit between the Cigar Association groups, the Cigar Rights of America, the Cigar Association of America, and the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers Association on their lawsuit against the FDA. And then on Wednesday, a congressional committee put in a premium cigar exemption in a 2019 appropriations spending bill. So we will go through everything chronologically, and I will relate to you what that means to cigars and and to you as a cigar consumer. And the reason I spend time on this, not because I'd like to, I'd rather be talking about the pleasurable aspects of cigars and libations and grilling, but because this could affect your right to buy cigars, how much you pay for cigars, what manufacturers can do in terms of new blends and new products, and in terms of you buying a box of cigars, what you may see on the label in terms of uh, on the box in terms of a warning label, all these impact you as a cigar consumer. So first up, Tuesday morning, I'm watching CNBC, and every morning I watch either CNBC or I alternate between CNBC, Squawk Box, or Fox Business with uh, mornings with Maria Bartiromo, because I like to see what's going on in the capital markets, in business, and in industry, and in finance keep abreast of things. And so I was watching CNBC 
and they promoted Tuesday morning that Dr. Scott Gottlieb, the FDA commissioners, would be joining them to talk about the president's stance on reducing pharmaceutical drug prices. And I had the sinking suspicion maybe they would be talking about premium cigars. I don't know why I had that, but I started watching it. I turned it up, and I made sure that our DVR was rolling, or my DVR was rolling remotely so that we could capture the audio. So this is Dr. Scott Gottlieb on CNBC Squawk Box, and I want you to pay very close attention to what he talks about in terms of cigar usage patterns, because he seems to have deviated from statements that he made in an August 16, 2012 op-ed piece in the New York Post about the FDA overreaching and trying to regulate premium cigars, and then what he has to say about premium cigars. And then Andrew Ross Sorkin, noted lib, who interjects noted cigar connoisseur Rudy Giuliani's name and has to get in a little dig at Joe Kernan. So you'll hear the fireworks that go on there, and then I'll give you my full analysis. So here is Dr. Scott Gottlieb, FDA commissioner, on CNBC Squawk Box Tuesday morning. Scott, I have, um, I've got people that, that are interested in what happens with, you're, you're, you know, you, you talk about tobacco a lot uh, when you're on and, and your efforts there. Um, I have people appealing to me uh, for, the, the, for the side of small business owners that make premium cigars. Premium cigars that they think people don't inhale are totally different in terms of, uh, of, of the, the harm they cause health-wise to people. Uh, and I, I guess the FDA is, are you revisiting the notion of, of how cigars or premium cigars are, are, are classified uh, just as you do with, with e-cigarettes and other things? What, what's gonna, how is that going to happen? When's the decision going to be made on, on whether they get some type of exemption? Well, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute, but I'll challenge your presumption that the premium cigars don't present all the same health risks. We don't know that, and it depends on the use patterns. And someone who's using premium cigars on, on a regular basis is getting a, a lot of smoke and a lot of a lot of nicotine, but it is true that we are revisiting um, the rule that deemed premium cigars tobacco products subject to all the same regulation as, let's say, cigarettes. And one of the things we're looking at as part of revisiting that, that rule um, and that regulatory uh, structure is whether or not there are different use patterns and do those use patterns indicate to us that they should be regulated differently than things like e-cigarettes or cigarettes which people use on a more frequent basis. So we are revisiting this um, and taking another look at it. We issued an advance notice of proposed rulemaking soliciting public comment and data to look at the use patterns and to look at the health impacts of premium cigars. So, yeah, so that you I mean, when did this is just this is recent, right? And it, this it, is recent, and it had been that they weren't going to consider. What, why you don't? Know is this at the urging of Rudy Giuliani? Who? Where did the? Uh, uh, no, no, well, no, 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 no. No, but everybody on the golf course when I'm out there, they all these guys. Uh, they all smoke. So I don't. I don't. You well, know, you but, should submit information to our docket, Joe, about the use patterns. That'll help inform our decision making. <laughs> right. You got triggered. You thought Rudy was, uh, is Rudy a big, big, in, is he in, in this Rudy's issue? a cigar guy. I know that, but is he in this issue or something, you know, for, uh, did you think? No, he... I just, you, I, you know, you had a question on your phone. No, no, it wasn't. Or, or, no, no, or was no, it your no. I thought someone had emailed. No, I looked at people. No, been someone tweeted a question at you, Joe? So no, I, I thought, thought that maybe, <laughs> you know. No, it was a CBC article. I should have done that. We, thought maybe we Rudy recently... had gotten in touch, you know. He, he was I don't curious. get, I, people don't. You don't have a direct like line? what happens with, no. No, no, I thought that, you know. So much insinuation a, going on yeah, right he, now. Yeah, you get a lot of, uh, 
I know that. You have a lot of thought leaders. Andrew's very connected, but it's with the other side of the aisle, uh, usually, uh, Scott. <laughs> anyway, um, that's, why, that's why it works here. We're, we're like yin and yang. We both... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, appreciate your, uh, your time. Hope to see you again soon. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Thanks, Andrew. Okay. Very interesting. Andrew Ross Sorkin, who is a business writer for the New York Slime, noted lib, very clearly wanted to get a little dig saying, oh, did Rudy Giuliani tell you to do that? It was really a, uh, it was just crass and, and really just a wise-ass type of comment because almost insinuating that Joe Kernan, who's a pretty sharp guy, couldn't come up with this on his own. And Joe Kernan responded saying, no, I play play golf with guys that smoke cigars. Many people that play golf smoke cigars. And I should say, I don't, what's with the three names? Andrew Ross Sorkin. The guy's name is Andy Sorkin. By the way, he's the kind of guy that says, no, my name is not Andy Sorkin. It's Andrew Ross Sorkin. It's like I knew one time a guy's name was like, um, I can't remember, uh, Victor. And I said, oh, hey, Vic. And he goes, it's not Vic. It's Victor, if you know what I mean. But I trust a guy like that, you know, with the three names. Just a little bit odd, but I digress. But Andrew Ross Sorkin really trying to put in a little dig. But here's what I thought was very interesting about Dr. Scott Gottlieb's comments, saying talking about use patterns. And he said, we don't know the use patterns. We don't know if there's not any health risks. Yes, we do. Because we know that people don't smoke premium cigars in the same manner they smoke cigarettes. We know that. Now, I don't know if Dr. Gottlieb is trying to play it down the middle, even though he came out in an August 2012 op-ed piece in the New York Post stating very clearly that the FDA should not be regulating cigars, and I'll get to that in the next segment. But we know that people do not smoke premium cigars for the nicotine. And for him to insinuate, well, we've got to look at this. They get the same amount of uh, nicotine and smoke. No, they don't. If that were the case, you'd see every cigar connoisseur outside a building smoking cigars throughout the course of the day. They'd be running off airplanes, running into the smoking area, lighting up a double Corona or a Toro. We know that's not the case. So I don't know what Dr. Gottlieb, maybe now he got a little corrupted by Mitch Zeller, or as I like to call him, Mitch Zealot, who oversees the FDA's tobacco division. But we'll see what happens. But I will continue this conversation and other developments in the world of cigars around the corner. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app. For Apple, Android, and Kindle devices, you can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. 
That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Surgeon General's warning. Listening to Cigar Dave talk about the F-U-D-A will cause you anger, and you'll want to overthrow the career bureaucrats. Long live the Alpha. And one of the bureaucrats I would love to overthrow is Mitch Zeller. I call him Mitch Zellett, oversees the FDA's tobacco control division. And just a quick recap here, and I'm going to delay the Libation and litation libation ceremony to the next segment, maybe to the next hour, because this is important information that we need to get to. But you'll recall that when the FDA first sought comments about regulating premium cigars, the industry and many consumers responded with factual-based data showing that adults smoke premium cigars, it's not kids, they're not marketed to youth, that uh, it's the, when you look at the use patterns, it's enjoyed in moderation like fine wine. The FDA, under Mitch Zellett, after meeting with he and, and his entire group of Zealot bureaucrats for over a period of a couple of years, when it came time to issuing their ruling, they ignored everything that cigar consumers and the cigar industry presented to them. They rejected everything. And I remember doing a special show where I, respond, I read what their response was, and it was, we disagree, we disagree, we disagree, we disagree. Why do they disagree? Because they don't believe in factual-based data. They believe in regulating. They, they are such zealots. They are in, on such a morality mission that no matter what you tell them, you could say smoking one cigar a month prevents any form of disease, cancer, heart disease, because they have such a hard-on against tobacco, they would, dis- they would completely disregard and ignore the factual data, and that's what they did. So Dr. Scott Gottlieb, they reopened under his, uh, his watch. He said, maybe we need to re-examine things and, and open up comments, which comments are open. We'll put on, a, on CigarDave.com. We will put a link to the Cigar Rights of America page where you can file comments. And I think the window is open until, I think, another month in June. It probably will be extended. So you'll have an opportunity to make your opinion known with the FDA as a cigar consumer. And those of you that don't even smoke cigars, trust me, you have a vested stake in this. The reason being, when they're done with cigars, they're coming after your coffee. They're coming after your caffeine. They will want to regulate caffeine as a drug and thus tax your coffee and limit your coffee. They'll want to come after your steak. They'll come after your your potato chips, your pretzels, your peanuts. Guaranteed, it's happening. So even if you don't smoke cigars, and we have many listeners that don't smoke cigars, 
This will affect you because down the road, the FDA will come after some product that you to consume and enjoy. Take it to the bank, guaranteed. So Dr. Scott Gottlieb was a little wishy-washy, was a little milk toast, talking about cigars and regulation, and maybe because he's got to play it down the middle. But let's go back to August 16, 2012. Op-ed piece in the New York Post entitled, BAM's Cigar Trouble. And BAM is referring to Obama. That was the nickname. And the op-ed piece starts, could cigars tip this year's election? President Obama's FDA is widely rumored to be working on a new regulation that would ban sales of cigars through mail-order clubs and maybe even humidors when the cigar-friendly state of Florida could determine the winner in the presidential race. At issue is a draft FDA regulation that insiders say would deem cigars subject to many of the provisions of a 2009 law that gave the agency the power to oversee the sale of tobacco products. The rising use of machine-made cigars by underage smokers has long troubled the FDA, but the new regulation apparently wouldn't uh, clearly distinguish these cheap, small cigars from larger premium brands smoked by adults. And he goes on to talk about the number of Americans that work in the cigar industry, $2 billion industry, Uh, 75% of the domestic importers and producers of cigars are located in the cigar state of Florida. And so he goes through a number of these things, and he makes the point stating that the FDA should not be involved in regulating premium cigars. And he states very clearly here, Even before it's voted on, the bill may prompt the FDA to take a middle road. The agency could argue that the premium cigars fall within its jurisdiction as a tobacco product, but that for now, it will exercise discretion and not regulate the high-end smokes. Whatever the FDA does, the fight reveals a broader trend of expanding the scope of regulation to cover areas never envisioned by Congress. He says agencies like the FDA thus divert their attention from important but basic duties. So he was clearly came out and said that cigars should not be regulated. So when he was named as the FDA commissioner, I was thrilled, and I stated that on this show. Well, let's hope that is indeed the case. Perhaps it is because he has now opened up comments saying, well, maybe we need to look at things. And I'll guarantee you, the enemies of pleasure groups, the tobacco-free kids, which have nothing to do with kids. It's a professional organization run by professional lobbyists get, that get paid large money, but they use a little kid logo, like a kid writing uh, tobacco-free kids in their logo, and they appeal to kids, even though kids have nothing to do with their organization. All these other health groups will also be coming down against cigars, guaranteed. And what I'm hoping is that a semblance of rationality will overcome the FDA, that Gottlieb will overrule some of the zealots like Mitch Zeller, who should be gone, shouldn't be involved. He's a typical bureaucrat that couldn't get a job in the private sector of his life, depended on it. So he basically makes every American miserable by being a bureaucrat in the FDA. So maybe under Gottlieb and some of the other leadership, the the Trump uh, leadership, installed in the FDA and the Department of Health and Human Services, or DHS, maybe they'll look and say, well, let's 
have some common sense here on premium cigars. Maybe. We'll see. But in the meantime, the industry, the Cigar Rights of America, the Cigar Association of America, and the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers Association are not sitting idly by. Also on Tuesday afternoon, an opinion was rendered by Judge Amit P. Mehta of the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia in a lawsuit that was filed by the three cigar industry trade associations against the FDA, basically saying that the FDA's warning label plan is, uh, should be thrown out and, and some other facts of, of the FDA deeming regulations should be thrown out. And Judge Mehta ruled, unfortunately, in favor of the final deeming rules health warning requirements on cigar boxes and advertisements, finding they're not a violation of the First Amendment, and he also ruled in favor of the FDA's cigar industry user fees. The FDA, for the privilege, the cigar industry, for the privilege of the FDA regulating them, now has to pay a user fee. And here's a little problem that the vaping industry does not have to pay any sort of user fee, even though they're the fastest growing portion of, I guess you could say, the tobacco industry. Even though they're not tobacco, they're still, they fall under tobacco. But they do not have, they have zero, right now, zero regulation under the FDA, and they have to pay zero user fees. By the way, if you are hearing in the background, you're hearing the sound of jet engines and an auxiliary power unit on a plane, that's because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I have moved Command Center Alpha, Humidor 1A, to a forward theater of command, a clandestine aerodrome somewhere on the North American continent. There is a military plane involved. I cannot get into the mission, but I am allowed to share a picture of the KC-135 Air Force plane that I will share with you, but I cannot get into mission specifics. Don't want Mueller to indict me. So that's why if you hear the sound of jet engines roaring in the background, you know exactly why, because I moved to a clandestine location on an aerodrome somewhere on the North American shelf. So on the ruling, the judge basically stated that the FDA's final deeming rules health warning, which are horrible, they got to put these massive health labels on there, health warnings, and the user fees are indeed legal. The industry, in my estimation, will probably appeal. So the judge upheld much of the FDA's stance against the premium cigar industry, striking down most of the arguments made by the three main lobbying groups in their fight against FDA regulation. But at the same time, Judge Maida came out and said that the FDA's warning label plan smacks of basic unfairness, and that is a direct quote. He said, and I quote here, the cigar industry expended millions of dollars in designing and creating a new conforming packaging, a fact the FDA does not contest. Why is the agency insisting that the premium cigar industry expend millions of dollars to conform to regulatory mandates that might be rescinded only months after their effective date? The FDA provides no satisfactory response to either question. Whatever the answers, one thing is certain. Requiring the premium cigar industry to incur substantial compliance costs while the agency comprehensively reassesses the wisdom of regulation before the warnings requirements go into effect smacks of basic unfairness. In the court's view, 
The prudent course would be for FDA to stay the, war- stay the warnings requirement as to premium cigars. So even though the judge expressed his displeasure with the FDA handling of premium cigars, he basically ruled against the cigar industry. And this suit was filed initially in October. One good bit of news for those of you that smoke, uh, that, smoke uh, that are pipe smokers, the judge ruled against treating retailers who blend pipe tobacco in their stores as manufacturers, which would have incurred massive costs and massive regulation. So basically, if a tobacconist said, great, a uh, customer comes in and he says, hey, I want 50% of this type of pipe tobacco and 50% of this other tobacco, and the, and the, the tobacconist mixed them together and put them in a one-pound bag, he would be subject to manufacturing restrictions, requirements, taxation, all the other stuff. Now, there's still another lawsuit that a group of Texas cigar retailers and a cigar manufacturer based in Texas filed. They sued the FDA in January uh, in the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Texas. So that lawsuit continues. But as Ron Popeil would say, but wait, there's more. And in the final segment of this hour... I will tell you exactly what a congressional committee did on Wednesday, which could, could have a beneficial effect on the premium cigar industry. Nothing is set in stone, nothing is done, but the industry has decided they have to take both a regulatory track as well as a judicial track and fight the FDA, as well as the FDA now coming out and opening up for comments They're deeming rules saying, well, maybe it wasn't done fairly, and maybe we should examine this, and maybe we should have a little bit more common sense for the premium cigar industry. So there's multiple balls that are being juggled. When I come back, I'll tell you about that. I will delay the, I tell you, I hate delaying the litation and libation ceremony to the next hour, but when we have topics that are so important, such as these, which affect what you could pay for a cigar, where you could buy a cigar, what new cigars you'll be able to sample and smoke, these all have a major effect on you. And believe me, I would rather talk about more pleasurable items. I find zero excitement, zero pleasure in talking about these intricate regulatory items with the FDA and court cases and Congress. But unfortunately, if we don't tackle this, then all of a sudden there's going to be a day when cigars are going to be under prohibition status like alcohol was back in the early part of the 20th century. And we cannot allow that to happen. So I will tell you about what a congressional committee did on Wednesday, favorable towards the cigar industry. And I have many other items that I will get to. We'll also talk about the uh, Alpha Pleasure Fest in Buffalo, the May 2018 Cigar Dave Officers Club selection. Got some uh, interesting comments that I want to relay to you about the TSA. The TSA is getting to be a disaster status under DHS Secretary of Homeland Security, Kristen Nielsen. We'll get on that and just a whole bunch of a plethora of items. I am jammed as always as we continue front and center on The Cigar Dave Show. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. (laughs) That could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Dave. Dave. 
As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. In this difficult and challenging time, when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars, and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is gonna be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple capped using a broadleaf wrapper and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're gonna to wanna to enjoy and you're gonna bootleg, and that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it, I promise you're gonna love it. At the Cigar Dave Show, there are several things we really like in a Washington bureaucrat. Uh, embalming fluid? A wooden stake through the heart? Well, I guess after those two things, you really don't need the rest. All right. On, by the way, I would love to have a cigar libation right now because I'm staring at a new whiskey that I would like to try from Japan, a Hibiki, and I've got a beautiful cigar that I'm looking at as well, but I've got to delay it till the next hour because I want to finish off talking about some very important items as they pertain to premium cigars and your ability to purchase cigars, purchase new types of brands, what you'll pay for a cigar. So on Wednesday, the FDA, or correction, the three organizations, the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers, the Cigar Association of America, Cigar Rights of America, they have been working together to get some sort of exemption on premium cigars. They've been working the congressional angle. They've been working uh, the bureaucratic. They've been working every angle. You have to. you got to keep all the balls in the air. You never know which one's going to land. So on Wednesday, the House Appropriations Committee voted to include language in an agricultural and rural development appropriations bill that would be of great benefit to the premium cigar industry and would exempt cigars from the FDA's final deeming rule. The, the, the provision was introduced by Representatives Tom Cole, bipartisan, by the way, Republican of Oklahoma and Sanford Bishop, taxocrat of New York, and it was improved by the Ag Committee by a vote of 29 to 20. 
Now, it's language that was nearly identical that was included in last year's budget but not included in the final version. So here's what happens from here. This language now that's, that passed the Appropriations Committee, big ag bill, then goes to the full House to be passed. Then it has to go to the Senate. Now, the Senate has to insert in one of their committees a provision. Or, barring that, during a conference committee, when they, the House and Senate go to uh, confer and kind of hash out their differences between the bills for one final bill, the House may say, look, we want to keep this in, all the agriculture, including this particular provision. And usually what you see happen is you don't see what a one-page provision get knocked out, although it can happen. So we are still months away. could be the end of the year. But this is very important because this provision that passed the Ag Committee and now is going to go to the House for a full vote would prohibit the FDA from using any of its appropriations money in the 2019 budget to implement, administer, or enforce any of the agency's proposed regulations on large cigars. And here's how they classify a large cigar. It has to be 100% leaf tobacco, is bunched with 100% tobacco filler, contains no filter, tip, or non-tobacco mouthpiece, weighs at least six pounds per thousand cigars, Additionally, has a 100% leaf tobacco binder and is hand-rolled, has a 100% leaf tobacco binder and is made using human hands to lay the leaf tobacco wrapper or binder onto only one machine that bunches, wraps, and caps each individual cigar, or has a homogenized tobacco leaf binder and is made in the United States using human hands to lay each 100% leaf tobacco wrapper individually onto a single machine that bunches, wraps, and caps each individual cigar on such single machine and makes no more than 15 cigars per minute and is not a cigarette or a little cigar. Those provisions, the last two, three that I, I, rec I, I put in, specifically talking about placing the binder or the wrapper leaf on a machine and the number of cigars per hour, that is a provision to grandfather the J.C. Newman machine-made cigar factory in Tampa so that they would qualify as premium cigars because they still do use long filler in some cases, I should say medium filler, but they put the wrapper on by hand or a homogenized wrapper by hand. So the rider also includes language that would change the predicate date or the date in which the FDA's regulations would retroactively apply to new and existing products from February 15, 2007 to April 25, 2014. Because what the FDA essentially said was, when the Congress passed the, uh, the Cigarette Act, we're going to do everything retroactive to that 2007 date, even though it wasn't April 25th until April 25th, 2014, that the FDA said we now will include cigars for regulation. FDA, no sense, typical bureaucrats. So the good news is we've got multiple tracks. Let's just hope we can get some sort of revolution, a resolution, because what has taken place on the cigar industry has basically crippled the industry, and we have seen that. And that would not be good for consumers, certainly not good for manufacturers, and it would be a giant win for enemy of pleasure bureaucrats. And I can tell you one thing. When I come back in hour number two, the enemies of pleasure bureaucrats will not prevent me from enjoying the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony with a fabulous cigar and a fabulous libation and I will raise my glass and say, screw all the enemies of pleasure. Here's to all the alpha males who work hard, who play hard, who want to enjoy life without ridiculous government 
intrusion. So, we will enjoy Alpha Male Good Life Maneuvers right around the corner. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show is next. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. We always hear, don't eat fast food, don't have burgers, don't eat meat. Well, I'm looking in amazement right now. As a gentleman from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, chowed down on his 30,000th Big Mac last week. The same McDonald's he got his first taste of the Big Mac in 1972. Eats one every single day. The guy's 50, eats him every single day. Theoretically, this guy should be dead. That is unbelievable. 30,000 Big Macs. Two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. I remember that commercial way back. But my feeling is if you're going to have a burger... I don't want to have a McDonald's burger. You want a delicious big burger. Juicy, thick, and tasty. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show. As always, we welcome you front and center. Don't forget, follow me on social media. Go to CigarDave.com, upper right-hand corner. You will see the links to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Be sure to follow me. You never know when I'm going to spout off about something. Let's uh, do this because uh, during the first hour, I hate doing this. I hate when I have to devolve or, or digress into topics that take away from the pleasure aspect of hosting and presenting maneuvers. And I had to talk about the FDA regulation of cigars. I had to talk about a court case. I had to talk about Dr. Scott Gottlieb on CNBC, the uh, commissioner of the FDA. I had to talk about the uh, provision that was just put into the House uh, Appropriations Bill in the House Agriculture Committee. I had to spend time on that. Important stuff. Boring stuff, but I had to spend time on it because if I don't, you're going to come back to me one day and say, General, where were you? We, we need to fight on this stuff. And now we can't smoke cigars. It's illegal for us to go into a walk-in humidor. Oh, we, 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 it costs us four times the amount because of taxes to have a cigar. Well, that's why I have to spend time on the important political items of the day. Not that I want to spend an overly amount of time on it, but when it is important, we do so. And it is important right now. That being said, what's even more important is me enjoying alpha male pleasure maneuvers. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. I cannot wait to get to my cigar and to my libation. And I have them in front of me. I've got my accoutrements. Let me grab 
grab them over here. Bring them closer to me. I am ready. So without further delay, let us continue. I have pulled out a very special cigar that will pair beautifully with my very special libation today. I had to match them up. We're going across the world. First, we're going to the Amazon Basin. No, we're not going to Seattle to visit Amazon World Headquarters. We're going to the real Amazon down in South America, down by the Amazon rainforest. And I've just pulled out the CAO Amazon Basin, a special cigar that brand ambassador and creative officer, my good buddy Rick Rodriguez, Rico Suave, has worked on, no longer available. It was a limited edition that came out last summer. In fact, Rick was kind enough to give me two boxes of these. I had it so good, he goes, General, take these boxes, because when they're gone, they are gone. Let me tell you about this Amazon Basin. It's very exotic, has a unique tropical rainforest type of vibe and mystique and aura to it. The One of the tobaccos, Brazilian Braganca, is organically grown on unspoiled tropical land, harvested once only every three years down in Brazil. It is surrounded by tobaccos from five different countries. The wrapper on this Amazon basin, Ecuadorian Sumatra. The binder is Nicaraguan. The filler from the Dominican Republic, Colombia, and Brazilian Braganca. And here's what's very interesting. They actually take a cord of the Brazilian Braganca leaf and they, they, they wrap it, they twist it so it looks like a piece of rope. And you look at it and you say, this is a piece of rope. There's no band on the CAO Amazon Basin. It comes in a very rustic box. And you see that it looks as though there's three or four rope, pieces of rope corded around the head of the cigar. It's not rope, it's actually tobacco. You can light it up, you can smoke it, no problem. It is a magnificent cigar. It came in only one size a six inch by 52 ring gauge Toro. Six inches in length, 52 64ths diameter for ring gauge. Beautiful cigars, some peppery notes, some exotic tastes. Very, just looking at this, you feel like you're in the Amazon jungle. Only I've got air conditioning surrounding me right now. So there's no rainforest, I'm not sweating. I'm wearing clothes, I'm not barefoot in the jungle. There's no piranhas around me. So I will enjoy this CAO Amazon Basin today. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, from the Cigar Dave Research and Development Laboratories, the guys that wear the white lab coats, they have the uh, geeky glasses, I mean the pocket protectors. These guys live, breathe, and eat litation devices. And I've got one that we called the Mala. Make America Litate Again. And so I have that, and let me open up, you can hear the fuel. Listen to that gigantic tank. Feels like a grenade in my hand, like I'm holding the edge of a giant grenade. Big flame, that's what I would use today on my CAO Amazon Basin. Cigar, Cigar pre-litation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. And here comes the cut. Perfect cut, as always. Let me get rid of the cap here. 
Okay. Let me bring out my Cigar Dave R&D. Mala, make America lightate again. Now this cigar, it's got a beautiful dark wrapper. Incredible dark wrapper. The whole cigar, let me just smell this thing. Just incredible. Beautiful Sumatra wrapper, the Nicaraguan binder, the Dominican, Colombian, and Brazilian Braganca filler. Very dark, very oily wrapper. Again, it's got uh, no band on it, but a very unique looking rope. It looks like rope, but it's actually twisted tobacco. Puff and rotate. Oh, yeah. Mmm. Very good. It's fantastic. Great aroma. Uh-oh. There we go. Thought I was out of butane. But this thing holds about a half a gallon, so I didn't think that was the case. All right. Mmm. Very nice flavor. Mmm. Blow on the foot. Perfect even amber glow. Take a few puffs of, puffs of the CAO Amazon Basin. Mmm. Very nice. Pleasant. Some nice notes on here. A little peppery, a little citrus. Almost got a little woodiness to it. Very, very pleasant. Wonderfully tasty. Now I need something that's going to have a woody component that will match perfectly for my libation. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, we went to the Brazil Amazon Basin for my CAO Amazon Cigar. Now I'm going to traverse the globe. I'm going to go to Japan for some Habiki. Habiki Japanese Harmony Blended Whiskey. Let me tell you a little bit about Habiki. Habiki means resonance or echo, 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 echo in Japanese. It is a premium blended whiskey. So it's not a single malt whiskey, a premium blended whiskey that is distilled and aged in Japan by Beam Suntory. They took over Jim Beam, a uh, very large conglomerate based now in Osaka, Japan. And what I did was I was interested in, in getting some of the Japanese whiskey. There is a company that you can, you can uh, go online. I don't know how it's legal in the U.S., but basically they'll, give you, they'll sell you by the dram. So they'll sell you almost like one shot, like an ounce of whiskey. And so I've got a nice little dram here of the Hibike Japanese Harmony Blended Whiskey. The brand was introduced in 1989 by Suntory, originally with an age statement of either 17 years or 21 years. Those whiskeys are still made. They also introduced a 30-year age expression in 1997 and a 12-year age expression in 2009. But... They also created the Japanese Harmony Blend with no age statement, which is what I have in 2015. The blend is said to use the same malt and grain whiskeys used in the first Hibiki blend, being a blend of at least 10 malt and grain whiskeys from three distilleries aged in five different cask types. So there are three different types, or correction, there are five different uh, cask types. So what are the different cask types? Well, I'm glad you asked that, because I can certainly go through those, and I shall do so in just a bit. Because they use some Japanese, they use some American white oak, sherry cask, they use a Mizunarok uh, oak cask. It's about $75 a bottle for a, a bottle of 750 milliliters. 43% alcohol by volume. Beautiful looking, uh, just the, the, I'm going to twist open this dram. Wow. A lot of citrus notes on this. 
Mm. Some orange peel. Definitely some maple. Mm. Very, very pleasant, this Hibiki Japanese Harmony. So let me pour just a little bit. And again, that's the beautiful thing, is that I didn't have to buy the whole bottle. If I like it, I'll go and buy the bottle. But this is a very unique way for you to sample a spirit without having to spend 75 bucks. You spend, I think it was like $8 or $10 for the dram. Something along those lines. Let me say cheers. Ooh, perfect. Wow, nose on this is fantastic. Take a sip. Mm. Mm. Wow, this is very sharp. Whoa, there comes the warmth. There comes the spice. Whoa, Nelly. Definitely tons and tons of wood on here. Wow, five different types of cask. American white oak, sherry, Mazunara uh, oak casks. Wow, very wood. A lot of wood on this, a lot of spice. Take another sip. Mm. I'm getting a little bit, a lot of warmth, actually. On the Cigar Dave Warmth Factor, CDWF, definitely pushing a 9.5. Delayed reaction on that. A lot of richness, a lot of spiciness, a lot of pepper, a lot of sizzle, a lot of heat. Not getting a little bit of fruit. I'm getting just a little bit of a citrusy type of note. But it's overwhelmingly a wood type of, almost that woody char type of taste. Very, very interesting. So again, no age statement on this. Looking at about $75 a bottle. Some of the other well-known Japanese whiskeys, certainly the Hibike Japanese Harmony, very well-known. Yamazaki 18, very well-known. Takatsuru Pure Malt 17, also known. You've got the... Miyagiko, 12, the Hakashu, 18, and the Yochi, 15-year-old, and the Hibike, 21-year-old. So very, very interesting. Oh, we saw that uh, Japan, a number of years ago, tried to get into making whiskeys, and now they own Jim Beam, so they have certainly grown. And certainly, whiskey now made around the world. We've seen it in uh, Finland, we've seen it in Norway, Japan, whiskey in the United States, whiskey in Canada, whiskey in Scotland, whiskey in the uh, Eastern Bloc countries. Whiskey can be made anywhere. But very interesting that they use, this is a blended whiskey, so this is not a single malt. This is more the equivalent of a Dewar's, of a Chivas, a Johnny Walker, where they use blended whiskeys from three different distilleries. Very nice, 75 bucks a bottle. Uh, not sure I would make this my go-to whiskey, but nonetheless, I would add this to my extensive whiskey collection in the Cigar Dave bar in our inventory because it is worthy, I think, of a very unique taste. I would probably dilute this with just a little bit of branch, a little bit of water, and I would say using a giant ice ball, a pre-prohibition ice block or ice ball that melts very slowly would give it a nice dimension. One more sip. Mm. Absolutely fantastic. All right, when we come back, we'll continue talking about libation and alcohol, some very unique developments, especially for those of you that want to have a libation in Disney World, the Magic Kingdom, and also some shifting tastes going from beer Two Spirits, got a new whiskey from Jameson that we will get to. And a couple of stories that are a little bit on the odd side as they pertain to sipping or chugging libationary spirits. 
So we will continue front and center. A lot to get to. I do want to make some comments about the shooting in Santa Fe, Texas yesterday. I will get to that because, again, it's not the guns. It is there's more than just the guns. Yes, guns were involved. No question about it. But a knife could have been involved. A car could have been involved. Other weapons. There were explosive devices that they found. But we're going to get, once again, I'm going to emphasize why we are seeing this increase in adolescent males, in young teen males, wussified betas. It is a multiple-pronged problem. I've talked about it after the Parkland shooting, and I will briefly touch on it again. It is not just the weapons. There's far more to the story, and it revolves around the wussification of the American male, and it revolves around the everyone-is-a-winner mentality. Everybody gets a partition, partition trophy. We'll get to that right around the corner. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is the Placencia Cosecha 146. This cigar is an exquisite combination of tobacco leaves from the Placencia 146th Harvest in 2011 and 2012. The leaves from Honduras and Nicaragua produce a unique flavor profile from both countries. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars.
100% USDA certified alpha male with zero trace of wussification. It's the General Cigar, Cigar Dave. Dave. Weeks ago, we celebrated Cinco de Mayo with tequila tasting maneuvers. Wegmans, a well-known supermarket chain based in Rochester, New York, and uh, primarily was in central New York, western New York. They've now expanded to Pennsylvania, Virginia, Massachusetts. They're opening their first two-story megastore in the Natick Mall in Natick, Taxachusetts, or they did already a couple of weeks ago. And there's their first. It is the first Wegmans to have a restaurant concept called Blue Dahlia Restaurant, and tequila bar that will feature, in addition to Mexican food, craft cocktails, a tequila bar. Very interesting. And we've talked about tequila, that it's really one of the hidden libations that uh, is now really growing very quickly. And when you look at sipping tequilas, some really top-shelf tequilas, it's like enjoying a whiskey. You can put it in a snifter and enjoy. And by the way, if you want any of the... The list of the tequilas that we tasted, I think we did like 22 or 23 with some other uh, libationary concoctions, right up at CigarDave.com. Also, for those of you that are planning a trip to Walt Disney World in Orlando, the Magic Kingdom, or Epcot, or any of the uh, parks in Orlando, Disney officials have made it official. They are now selling alcohol at all table service restaurants. They started to roll it out. Did it as an experiment, um, starting in 2012. Now every single restaurant on Disney property in the Magic Kingdom, Epcot, full-service restaurant, is selling alcoholic libations. The founder of Walt Disney, Walt Disney himself, was against alcohol being sold at the Magic Kingdom because he wanted to retain the park's family-friendly atmosphere. But here's the thing. That if you're going with little kids and it's hot and you're waiting in line, you as an adult need a libation to get through that. So now every, exactly, Sergeant Steve, every, yes you do. So now every adult will be able to enjoy a libation at the sit-down restaurants. All the parks, Epcot, the Magic Kingdom, every park now has alcohol. So I say cheers as you say hello to Mickey and Minnie. You need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars. Info on the show each week and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, 
everything associated with the alpha male good life. So go download the Cigar Dave mobile app today, presented by Diamond Crown. And you can listen to the show live, noon to 2 Eastern time, anywhere around the world. And as soon as the show is done, we run a continuous loop. The show is also available on demand. Also our Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and the ability for you to record a message and send it directly to us. So go right now, if you've got an Android, an iPhone, or the Amazon Kindle, Go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of a Cigar Dave show with the Cigar Dave mobile app. of steel like a conquistador it's the general cigar dave nads of steel titanium nads balls of steel as alphas we are proud to have giant testosterone laden nads and that's part of the problem that we're seeing now with our nation's youth specifically the boys the males that are growing up today. We saw the example yesterday in Santa Fe, Texas, which is just uh, south of Houston, a little bit northwest of Galveston, Santa Fe High School, where a student walks into an art class and starts shooting. Now we can talk about the guns and you can talk about gun control and that's all, that's fine. And, and that's gonna be talked about infinitum ad nauseum for the next umpteen months. I'm waiting. There's no question we're going to see that uh, the uh, students from Parkland uh, get on their high horse again. But as I talked about after the Parkland shooting on February 24th of this year, it's not guns because they also found explosive devices. It's not just the guns. A kid could take, go in, in the parking lot of the school and mow down umpteen students. And you'd still be left with the same problem, the disenfranchisement of American boys. And I talked about the breakdown of boys. And nobody wants to seem to discuss the real issues, the heart of the issues, when it comes to why boys are taking out their aggression on fellow students and shooting up movie theaters and shooting up high schools and other public places. And it is worthy of being discussed. Now, of course, you've got certain groups that want to make this all about guns and gun control. But what they fail to do is examine the real issue. Examine the real problem. I'll do that. I don't have any political agenda. I'm here to tell you the truth. And the truth we know about the four items. Number one, boyhood behaviors are being destroyed from a young age. Number two, a focus on girls in the classroom. Three, a lack of masculine role models. And four, the entitlement generation. Everyone is a winner generation. And I'm going to break it down one more time. Maybe 
we can get a national discussion on why boys have turned out over the last 25 years, why we've seen a huge epidemic in disenfranchised boys who don't get their way snapping and shooting up and murdering people. When I was a kid, chances are when you were a kid, we watched cartoons. I remember the Roadrunner cartoons where you had the Roadrunner dropping an anvil on Wiley E. Coyote. You had Wiley E. Coyote getting a box of TNT and it exploded in his face. I mean, we saw the same thing with Bugs Bunny. We saw these cartoons where there was explosions and guns and violence. Yosemite Sam. But yet, why was it that none of us went out and shot up schools? Why was it that none of us, as kids, after watching these cartoons or engaging in roughhouse behavior, normal boyhood behavior, wrestling, or tackle football, why was it that we didn't go out when something didn't go our way and want to go and murder and kill and assassinate innocent individuals in a school, in a theater, in a restaurant, you name it? I'll tell you why. Because as kids, when we grew up, we weren't entitled to anything. We exercised our normal boyhood behaviors. Just like you see puppies in a pack, you'll see them wrestling and jumping on each other. That's part of learning the social, social behaviors. We wrestled, we played tackle football. We didn't play flag football. We, did, we tackled each other, we climbed fences, we drank out of, out of garden hoses. All normal childhood behaviors, none of us were coddled. When we got knocked down, we rose back up. We didn't start whining and complaining and crying and going to the teacher, our parents saying, we just got knocked down playing football. Go talk to him. We picked ourselves up off of our ass and we went back and wrestled and played tackle football again. We were tough. We weren't soft. When we were kids growing up, we didn't get participation trophies. We, we kept score no matter what we did, whether it was I was playing uh, hockey in the basement or street hockey outside or on a rink, whether it was, it was football, whether it was kickball, or soccer, whatever we played, checkers, no matter what, we played to win. None of this, every, we don't keep score, everyone wins because you participated, Glodok Bull. That didn't exist. When you won you knew how to win. When you lost, you learned how to lose and became more motivated to play better or harder or faster or smarter the next time so you would win. We didn't jump and down and say, oh, I didn't win. I didn't get a participation trophy and jump and down and go crazy and demand that we get awarded the trophy and the prize like the other people. That didn't, that's not how it worked. But over the last 25 years, we have seen the culture, we have seen the influence of the feminists on boys growing up and their social behaviors. What did the feminists do starting 40 years ago? They made men and they made boys feel guilty about being male. They made men and boys feel guilty and feel as if they were the cause of all evil towards women. And by golly, Feminists were going to show men that 
We are woman, women, hear us roar, and we're going to put you down and knock you down in your place. And when did it start? Started back in the 70s. Started in the 70s and spread to the 80s, but really picked up steam into the 1990s. And by 2000, full steam ahead for the feminists. If you had testosterone in your veins, you are evil. You are the root cause of everybody's problem. We're going to spend more time on girls because girls need to be CEOs and girls need to advance. And I have no problem with that. Never have. But when I was going to school, our teachers spent the same amount of time with boys as girls. They wanted everybody to succeed. Not today. There has been a very subtle, subconscious effort to treat girls with more respect, give them more time, prod them to be more successful, and boys just shove off in the corner. We've also seen it go into TV, TV and movies. The dumb male coming home from work. Hi, honey, I just got back. Here's my paycheck because I'm too stupid to know what to do with it. The girl, the women, the wives are always the responsible one. The girlfriends, the responsible ones. The boys, the men, the husbands, the boyfriends, the dumb oafs. Can't get out of their own way. Can't balance their own checkbook. We've seen those stereotypes persist. When I was a kid, my grandparents went out to California. They went to Disney World, or correction, Disneyland, out in, out in, uh, in California. What did they bring me back? They brought me back a cowboy set. Had a cowboy hat, had a holster that had two guns, cap guns in there, and we played cops and robbers. Brought that to school, we had our cap guns, we shot it off. Did we think, hey, if we could play caps with phony caps, let's go get a real gun and let's go kill and murder everyone. Hell no, we knew the difference. What, why do we see boys today snapping? Because boyhood behaviors that I just mentioned, playing cops and robbers, playing tackle football, wrestling, roughhousing, all deemed to be violent behaviors, deemed to be that if you engage in those rough behaviors, it was an unhealthy masculinity. And from that, we, we've heard now toxic masculinity, this derived BS phrase, oh, there's too much toxicity with boys and masculinity. So we, we normally engaged as kids in normal behaviors that have been going on since the caveman days. That is the nature, pardon the pun, of the beast. We learned how it, 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 it was the social pecking order, the social hierarchy. But now all of a sudden, you roughhouse, you wrestle, you need detention. We're going to call your parents. You are leading towards, it's going to cause you to be a very aggressive and criminal, uh, a, a criminal-oriented person when you go into adolescence and into being an adult. And I say it's the total opposite. By boys engaging in normal boyhood behavior, they get that out, that energy out. In schools, we see teachers say, oh, stop that, stop that rough behavior. So now, all of a sudden, if you make, take your hand and point it like a gun, or if you push someone, or you engage in normal young behaviors where kids learn about winning, losing, interacting, socializing, it has had the reverse effect. It has caused 
boys to not let out their normal energy, their normal, you, some could say, aggressive behaviors, or just what I say is normal pack-like behaviors at a young age, and now they're suppressed. They're kept in, they're, they're held in. It's a time bomb ready to explode. Boyhood behaviors destroyed, number one. Focus on girls in the classroom. Boys, shove them aside. And there have been numerous studies and videos showing how teachers have been spending a disproportionate amount of time with girls. Boys have been put to the side of the classroom. Boys have been left out. They have been left behind. The third, lack of masculine role models. With an increase in divorce rate, boys in many instances are living with their mothers. Single mothers raising a boy, two boys, raising their kids. They don't have a masculine role model. They don't have the masculine role model to say, this is how we behave as men. This is how we act. We, op we, we open doors for women. We are polite. We, we, we pull a chair when a woman is getting ready to sit down and then tuck it back in. There's no one to show them how to be alpha, how to be a leader, how to act decisively. So consequently, we see boys that don't engage in masculine pursuits they become feminized boys. No masculine role models. And the everyone's a winner entitlement generation. When they lose, or they're not taught how to lose, everyone's a winner. Everyone gets a trophy. We don't keep score because everyone is perfect. And they hear their parents, and they hear, they hear friends and other coaches say, little Johnny, little Jimmy, little Ricky, you are all perfect. Yes, you lost 48 to nothing, but you are perfect. And these kids grow up believing they're perfect. They believe the hype. They believe the crap. They believe the poppycock that's told to them. So all of a sudden, when things don't go their way, when they don't know how to lose, when they don't know how to take losing and use it as motivation for success and winning, when somebody teases them or somebody bullies them, and by the way, I say, Part of normal behavior is bullying, and kids learn how to fight back and learn how to defend themselves. It's all part of being a boy. So when all of a sudden they're bullied, or somebody tells them, hey, you didn't win, or they, they didn't get what they want, or they believe they're aggrieved in some way, shape, or form, instead of normally saying, hey, okay, I'm going to use that for motivation, or I don't like that, but I'm going to use it to my advantage and to my motivation. Instead, they snap. And what do they do? They go out and get a weapon, whether it's a car, a knife, an explosive, a gun, and they take it out on other innocent people. You can't point the finger at guns. You can't point the finger at explosive. You can make anything a weapon. The real weapon that is being used against boys is the weapon of women or even other adults' minds against boys by saying, ah, we don't deem that appropriate behavior. We don't think you should be engaging in normal boy behavior. Why didn't we see schools being shot up in the 1910s and 20s and 30s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s? We didn't see it until the 90s. Why didn't we see kids snapping in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, because we all learned normal, appropriate boyhood behavior. We learned 
that when you lose, you should be motivated. It should give you the impetus to try harder and work harder and be smarter. Boys weren't relegated to dumb, dumb schmuck status in the classroom. They weren't being teased and made fun of on television like they're a bunch of dumb oafs. And as an alpha male, I look at that and laugh it off saying, it's ridiculous. But that's the perception. No masculine role models. Being a male now, all of a sudden, having testosterone, you're evil. And the entitlement, everyone's a winner generation. Everybody gets a participation trophy. If we want to solve this problem of school shootings in the United States, or with weapons, or bombs, or cars, then we must face the real fact. Not have a bunch of kids who want to get their 15 minutes of fame and call for gun control and call people that believe in the Second Amendment terrorists. The real terrorists in this country are the adults, men and women, who are subjugating kids, specifically boys, to a life of being wussified, feminized boys that don't understand how to be boys and how to grow up to be young adults and how to grow up to be men. Those are the terrorists. The terrorists that call out normal boyhood behavior. The terrorists that say, we're not going to give boys the same amount of time and knowledge and instruction in the classroom as we do girls. The terrorists are the feminists that say boys and men are the root of all evil. The terrorists are the parents and the coaches and the school administrators that refuse to call out winners and losers but then deem everyone a winner and that everyone's entitled. You want the true terrorists? I just gave you the true terrorists. We can solve the problem in the United States, but it's going to involve the feminists eliminating their nonsensical behavior. It's going to involve adults and parents and coaches saying, enough with a bull. Enough with this, everyone's a winner nonsense. It's going to involve teachers saying we have to spend as much time with boys as girls, and boys are just important. All these social norms that have been discarded after hundreds of years have to be brought back. Those of us that are in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, we never had these problems. And we roughhouse, we played cops and robbers, we shot off cap guns, model rockets, we engaged in normal boyhood alpha behavior. So to all those true terrorists, you want to solve the problem? I just gave you the roadmap. We just had a real discussion, not the phoniness that you're seeing and going to see over the next couple of weeks, blaming the NRA, blaming the Second Amendment, with these kids doing everything, pointing the finger at everyone and everyone except where it really needs to be pointed. And that is the breakdown of boys. We need to build boys back up, not break them down. Build them up, and we will eliminate from the news boys that don't get their way snapping and shooting up movie theaters and shooting up schools or causing other sort of, uh, of harm and damage and destruction to innocent people. Final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. 
Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app. For Apple, Android, and Kindle devices, you can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. If you're like millions of cigar buffs, you've enjoyed a love affair with Romeo y Julieta. Your passion has made it the world's best-known brand, trusted to deliver an excellent mild smoke. But now, you're ready for something new and avant-garde, something bolder with more panache. Now, there's Romeo by Romeo y Julieta, a modern, fuller-bodied smoke created to lead an exciting new trend in luxury cigars. Romeo is our finest Romeo y Julieta, an awesome manly smoke, robust and rich in complex flavor sensations. Each leaf is carefully selected, delicately aged, and meticulously crafted by expert hands full of wisdom and tenderness. Hands with decades of experience, culminating in an unforgettable smoke. Your first Romeo will blow you away. The passion you've always felt will soar to new heights. You'll discover the passion that burns within. Visit The Cigar Life on Facebook and Twitter. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease even in non-smokers. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Despot's heel is on thy shore, Maryland, my Maryland. His touch is at thy temple door, Maryland, my Maryland. Avenge the patriotic gore that flecked the streets of Baltimore, and be the battle queen of yore, Maryland, my Maryland. Well, later today, the 143rd running of the Preakness Stakes in Baltimore, where I used to reside. And uh, Justify certainly looks to be the horse to beat. But every so often at the Preakness, there's always a horse that can come out of nowhere. I don't think there's going to be a horse that comes out of nowhere. But if we take a look at the horse that came right behind Justify on the last race, Good Magic, even though Bob Baffert is 4 for 4 in the Preakness with his Derby victors, you never know. He may be able to pull it off. So I like Justify and Good Magic, and I may even do uh, maybe Bravazo could be the uh, long shot that I may play. All right, my fellow Alphas, as always, 
We are unafraid to tackle the true tough topics here on the Cigar Dave Show. The breakdown of boys, we can turn things around as long as we have reasonable people that are willing to say we need to change. Otherwise, we are doomed to repeat the nonsense that took place in Santa Fe, Texas. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Next week, we open up ticket sales. Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water. Buffalo at high noon.